0: Hey guys, welcome to the Cortez Law Firm's podcast. Hi guys, my name is Steve Cortez, and I am an attorney at the Cortez Law Firm in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Thank you for joining us today for our fourth podcast. Today, we're gonna talk about durable power of attorneys, when they expire, and when they become effective. So, let's get started. Now, someone recently asked me about a durable power of attorney, and my answer both surprised me and most of the audience at the seminar that I was talking to. I did a a presentation on estate planning, and at the question and answer time, um, my answer apparently really surprised most of the audience. Uh, I actually had them raise their hand, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but first I want to tell you what a durable power of attorney actually is is. So a power of attorney, let me, let me step back a little bit. A power of attorney is a legal document that gives someone that you trust. And I hope that you trust them implicitly. It's someone that you trust and you're giving them the authority to act on your behalf. Now, traditionally there are three types of power of attorneys. The first is just a general power of attorney. And just like the name suggests, it gives someone that you trust the authority to act on your behalf on almost all matters related to you incorporated, incorporated all your finances. That's what a general power of attorney does. Gives them full access and full power to act on all matters, almost all matters. Now there's also something called a limited power of attorney. Now, a limited power of attorney gives someone that you trust the authority to act only in certain very specific situations. And they can do this, obviously, on your behalf. What we see a lot at the Cortez Law Firm is helping people do or or drafting limited power of attorneys for clients who maybe live out of state or maybe on vacation and they need to close on a piece of real estate like their house or a piece of commercial property. And so they will give somebody that they trust locally a limited power of attorney to act on their behalf at the closing, in other words, to sign the title papers um, and to proceed with the closing. So that that way there's not a delay and the closing agents and the buyer doesn't have to wait for the person, for our client to come back into town. And our client doesn't have to worry about getting back into town. So that's a limited power of attorney for very specific situations. And then the third one is a medical power of attorney, which you've probably seen or heard about if you've ever been to the hospital or if you've had somebody in the hospital. And that simply allows somebody to act on your behalf for medical decisions. So when we were talking earlier about the general power of attorney, that had to do with your finances. A medical power of attorney has to do with medical decisions. So in all of these, you traditionally... Uh, these are very, uh, they can be very broad or very specific, but in any case, they are powerful documents that give someone, whoever it is that you choose the same kind of authority and power that you have. So it's very important that whoever you pick for these roles, you implicitly trust. I mean, you have to really trust these people if you're going to give them this power. Now, how do you stop a power of attorney, or how, how does it cease to exist? Well, the first one is you specifically revoke the power. So when we do a power of attorney for somebody, we will put in language there, really actually any of the power of attorneys that we do, whether it is a, a, a general power of attorney, a specific, or even a medical. Uh, we have language in there that the person, let's say it's, it's you, giving the power to somebody else, in the document, it states that you can revoke that power at any time. So that's very important. The second is for that power of attorney to actually just have an expiration date. Now, you'll see these sometimes on the general power of attorneys, but uh, most of the time you see them on the specific power of attorneys, like I was talking about for the real estate transactions and and closing at at the title company. Uh, And that's simply because you don't want that person to continue to have that power. So we give them a specific power of attorney to act on your behalf at the closing to sell or buy a piece of real estate. And let's say that that closing is March 18th or March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And we really don't need or want that person to continue to have that power. So we may have it expire on the 18th or maybe the 19th or 20th. Generally, we might give them a couple days of a cushion just in case there's uh, some type of a uh, delay at the closing at the title company. And so if it was going to close on the 17th, we might have an expiration date of the 19th. Give them a couple days. And the fourth one is if you pass away. If you give somebody a power of attorney and then you pass away, that power of attorney ends at that point. Um, Now, traditionally, a power of attorney uh, becomes ineffective and ceases to exist if you become mentally incompetent or incapacitated. Now, (laughs) the whole reason you're doing a power of attorney is so that somebody has the power to act on your behalf. So it's probably not going to do you any good, probably zero good, if that power of attorney Uh, ceases to exist if you become mentally incompetent or incapacitated. So that is what a durable power of attorney is. You've probably heard that, that language, durable power of attorney. A durable power of attorney allows someone that you trust, just like in the other power of attorneys, someone that you implicitly trust to act on your behalf, even... That's the key for a durable power of attorney. Even if you become mentally incompetent or incapacitated in some way that you can't make decisions for yourself. So a durable power of attorney can become effective immediately or upon incapacity. And that's what we call a springing power of attorney. In other words, whoever you name as your power of attorney, they don't have that power until you actually become incompetent or incapacitated. So the spring is that or, or the hinge, uh, the trigger is that you have to become mentally inco- incompetent or incapacitated. Now once that is met, then the power of attorney springs and the person that you named immediately becomes your power of attorney and can make decisions on your half on your behalf the important thing to remember about a durable power of attorney is that it is not affected by any subsequent disability or incapacity. That's really important. Now, I've already hinted at the reason that everyone was surprised, including me at the seminar, and that is that a power of attorney, a durable power of attorney, actually any power of attorney, ceases to exist, no longer is in effect when you die. Now, as an attorney, I thought that everyone knew that. I thought everyone knew that a power of attorney expires on someone's death. But when I raised, when I, when somebody, that person asked me that question, I then put it to the audience and I asked them if they thought a power of attorney continues after they pass away. And I was really surprised that probably 70, 80% of the audience raised their hand and did indeed think That the power of attorney continued after they died. So, since then, I've met with many other people in my office who have downloaded a will and a power of attorney off of the internet. And some just didn't know and specifically asked me. uh, And I found out, and I asked them, and they believed that the two together, that a will and a power of attorney would cover them and protect their family when they passed away. And, like I just said, that is absolutely not true. Uh, Unfortunately, nothing could be further from the truth. Now, the will will do you some good, uh, but they have been extremely surprised to learn that, that their power of attorney would cease to exist when they pass away, when they die. And that, my friends, is why it's so important to speak with an estate planning attorney when you are thinking about doing your estate planning. If you're here in Oklahoma City, then give us a call at the Cortez Law Firm. We'd be happy to talk with you our, our, our initial consultation is always free. The first hour is always free because we got to get to know you. We need to know, uh, you know, what kind of a plan we actually need to put in place. So give us a call. Our number is 405-213-0856. And if you're located someplace else in the United States, then find a local attorney there, uh, an estate planning attorney, and give them a call. They're here to help We're here to help. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our fourth podcast. Many, many more to come. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. And as always, have an awesome week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.